for one purpose only, for all days are evil. So God has given us a mandate to do this, not a one-time thing, but something we do all the time, all the time. So once again, you are welcome in the name of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So what time is it, people of God? It is time to redeem the time. For a while, we have been looking at what we call spiritual warfare. The Bible says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness in high places. The Bible says the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal. They are mighty through God to the pulling down of every stronghold. So in that case, that shows we are fighting a battle day by day as children of God that cannot be seen in the physical realm. Please don't get me wrong. I know that as human beings, we go to war. For example, presently we see nation rising up against another nation going to war. But in the case of being a child of God, we are in a territory that does not belong to us. Auntie Cecilia, Merry Thursday to you, Ma. How are you and the entire household? The Lord bless you, the Lord keep you, and cause his face to shine upon you. So we are in a territory that does not belong to us. And once you are in a territory that you are not familiar with, all sorts are bound to happen. And for this, we are being equipped day by day through the Word of God, by the Word of God. So we have the manual that is showing us that this is the way to go. This is what and what we need to do. And unless we go according to the manual, we are going to miss it. The Bible says we are not ignorant of the devices. One of the devices of the kingdom of darkness is to uh, expand his kingdom through false doctrine, wrong doctrine. And by so doing, the Bible says men and women, their faith will be overthrown. And I pray that your faith will not be overthrown in the name of Jesus. And this is why we need to know what the Word of God is saying, not because of what one preacher is preaching. Dr. Uh, Julie, how are you and the entire household? Hope you are well. Not because of what one preacher is has preached or is preaching. Because these days we see heresy, we see fallacy through men and women of God that preaches. And by so doing, they are showing us the wrong direction. If we believe what they say, and we can confirm this in the word of God, we are also moving in the wrong direction. When we move in the wrong direction, we can never get to the right place. We can only get to the right place by moving in the right direction. So today we want to continue we want to look at what the Bible says about angels because angels are part of uh, 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 our day-to-day activities as children of God. When we pray, when we worship, all of this involves God using one angel or the other for one thing or the other. And I don't know what God will do in with you when you pray, whether it's going to be sending an angel, whether it's going to send the wind, it all is up to him. But one thing that we are establishing is that we as human are not in any position to start saying, I command angel to go on my behalf. The Bible, according to what I show us last week, is that angels only answer to God. And they will only respond to the word of God. But you and I, once we speak the word of God legitimately, and I'm saying legitimately, the way is meant to be, then God knows how to press the buttons of the angels on your behalf. Because we are fighting a battle. We use, uh, what's his name? 
Daniel as an example. Daniel kept praying for something, and we see that the answer was given according to what the Bible says, that the minute you set yourself aside, angels was released to bring the answer to you. But the kingdom of opposition, Persia and media, the territory of this world, the kingdom of this world, which also has been divided to territory in the kingdom of darkness. So we see the, the, the demon that manned the territory of kingdom of Persia and media, hindering the angel from getting to Daniel until that angel said the that God had to send Michael, one of the prince, the uh, yeah, one of the prince in heaven, to come and clear the road. And now the road is clear. I am here to give you the answer. So we want to proceed further to see how angel works and see what they answer to. And by so doing, once it is established, you and I will know that it is for us to speak the word of God, to live by the word of God. And once that is done in our prayers, when we also stand on the word of God, it is up to Elohim to now send forth his angel that will respond to his word in accordance to whatever it is that God wants the angel to get done. Yet they are serving us, but we can't command them. Because the angel that brought the answer to Daniel is serving, uh, is meant to serve Daniel for one purpose or the other. Angel Michael that has come to clear the way for the angel that was hindered is also serving, but they only live by one order. And that is Elohim. And so, if we have all this understanding, we will have the knowledge and we will know how to pray and God will then be in the position of doing the rest. Our prayer will not be going into heavenly dustbin. Bible says some of us pray and we pray amiss. Apart from, you know, praying in doubt, we also pray amiss. And I don't want us to pray amiss. So, let's start from the book of Isaiah 37 today. The book of Isaiah 37. We are also going to go into the book of uh, Act of Apostles. But let's start from Isaiah 37. I'm going to read a few verses in verse, uh, from the beginning, and then we go to verse 21. So, uh, let me... Try and put it on the screen for us, people of God. So, this is Isaiah 37. Let's start from the beginning. Isaiah 37. Let's start from the beginning. And so it was when King Ezekiah heard he that he tore his clothes, covered himself with sackcloth, and went into the house of the Lord. Then he sent Eliakim, who was over his household, Shibna the scribe, and the elders of the priests, covered with sackcloth, to Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos. And they said to him, Thus says Ezekiah, This day is a day of trouble and rebuke and blasphemy. For the children have come to bath, but there is no strength to be bring them forth. Now, let's quickly begin to analyze this. Uh, Ezekiah, the king of Israel, there was an issue. There is a threat concerning the kingdom that... Look, surrender this kingdom or we will kill you and kill everybody inside and we will still take the kingdom. But if you surrender the kingdom, we will let you live. We will only take you to another land that is like yours. It's also like milk and honey, blah, blah, blah. So we see a threat from another kingdom to the children of God in terms of taking over 
the land of Israel. So, now, quickly, let's run to verse 21. There is a lot in there that if you want to read, I will encourage you to go and, and read. Now, so we see now that how the king has sent men, the priests, the elders, as you go and see uh, prophet Isaiah. Let's seek the face of the Lord and know which way to go. So, and please don't get me wrong. They haven't done anything wrong, but they also were seeking the face of the Lord. They weren't just sitting down doing nothing. They have an understanding that this battle, they can fight all by themselves. And when you look at the life of the children of Israel before now, every battle is about God fighting the battle for them. I'm going to repeat that again. When you look at the lifestyle of the children of Israel before this day in the life of Ezekiah as the king of Israel, every battle is about God fighting that battle for them. When you look at David, the previous king before Ezekiah, you will see that every time David needs to go out, he will first of all seek the face of God and say, Lord, which way do you want us to go? How do you want us to fight this battle? What strategy do you want us to use? So we see that every time David is consulting God in terms of the battle. Before David, the first king happens to be Saul. He got to a point. Saul says, uh, uh, the Lord has abandoned me. He had to consult uh, the witch to bring the dead so as to hear which way to turn to in terms of the battle against the Philistine. So that tells me before that time, Samuel that he was consulting as a dead Samuel always give direction that this is the way to go concerning the battle. So, but right here we see that another battle is facing the children of God. Another battle has come to their territory. Another battle has come to take over their land and put them into slavery. Remember what the Bible says in the book of John chapter 10 verse 10. The thief has come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And I stand in agreement over everyone under the sound of my voice that the mission of the thief is annulled, is total failure in the name of Jesus. Every mission of the thief over you, over your home, over all that God has given unto you is annulled and is now a total failure. That mission is aborted. It's become, it has become a total failure in the name of Jesus. It's not that it's not going to try, but we are saying by God that mission it's a failed mission in the name of Jesus. So, now, Ezekiah sent men to prophet Isaiah. Now, this is prophet Isaiah speaking now on behalf of God. Then Isaiah, the son of Amos, sent, Ezekiah, sent to Ezekiah saying, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, because you have prayed to me. Now, let's hold on to that word. Because you have prayed to me. Because you have what? Pray to me, my Archbishop, Merry Thursday to you, ma. Because you have prayed to me against Sennacherib of Assyria, this is the word which the Lord has spoken concerning him. The virgin daughter of Zion has despised you. Love, you, the virgin daughter of Zion has despised you. Love, you to scorn. Laugh you to scorn. The daughter of Jerusalem, blah, blah, blah. Let's quickly go. We have 10 more seconds. I want us to see the word of God. This, all these are the word of God. So you have an idea. But let's see what. Let's start from verse 30. This shall be a sign to you. You shall eat this year as, a, as grows of itself. And the second year, what the spring from the same. So God is saying that, look. It's like you better start getting ready to plant your whatever. You are going to eat in this land. That's what God is saying. But we still don't know how God is going to work. But very soon now you're going to see. And this is why we need to know that when we pray, we need to stand on the word of God. 
So also the third year, sow and reap, plant vineyard. God began to say to them, continue your lifestyle. Don't let whatever tread becomes a burden. Don't let it bother you. That's what God is saying. He says, for out of Jerusalem shall go a remnant and out and those who escape from Mount Zion the zeal. Thus says the Lord concerning the king of Assyria, verse 33. I believe you can see it. He shall not come into this city, nor shoot an arrow there, nor come before it with shield, nor build a siege, a siege mound against it. By the way that he came, by that same shall he return. And it shall not come into this city, says the Lord, for I will defend this city to save it for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. Some other day we're going to be looking at for my own sake and for my servant David's sake under spiritual warfare. So now what happened from verse 36 now? This is where the drum roll supposed to be then the angel of the lord went out now please everyone under the sound of my voice at whose command did you think that has pushed this angel out who has given the order for the angel of the lord to go out i'm waiting let's put it in the comment section below then, don't forget what God has said. Let's go back to what God says from verse 33. Therefore, thus says the Lord concerning the king of Assyria. This is the king that is threatening the land and the children of God. He shall not come into this city. Hear what God is saying. And don't forget that he says, because you have prayed unto me. Now, listen to that word. Remember that word and hold on to it. God is saying that because you have prayed unto me, because you have prayed unto me. And one of the beauty about Ezekiah, if you know anything about Ezekiah, Ezekiah is the same king that turned to God after sickness and said, look how I have walked upright before you. So, standing on the word of God that if I walk upright, this is what I'm bound to gain. This is the reward. This is the result of walking upright. And so, Ezekiah now presents his case before God. Remember that I am upright before you. Remember what your word says that when I walk upright, this is the action. This is the reward. This is the way forward. And we see God over turning death in the life of Ezekiah. Now, the same Ezekiah soaked himself with uh, ashes and sackcloth and also together with the elders and the scribes and the priests and sent message to the prophet in sackcloth. If you go back into the scripture, you will see what that represents. So they were standing on the word of God that when you do this, that's humility, repentance, and pleading. What did I call it? Humility. If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways. So that's three things combined. Humility, repentance, and pleading. So we see Ezekiah and together with the elders, so not just Ezekiah now, so standing upright before the Lord and doing what the word of God says. By the time we get to 33, let's read it together once again. Three, go. Therefore, so says the Lord concerning King Assyria, the threat to the land. The king that has exalted himself above any other, excuse me, any other king that believed that yes, every battle I have won, I have defeated many gods. I have become a god myself because I've defeated many gods. But this god that you are about to face, <laughs> this kind god who. I never see your typo, this kind God, oh, blessed be your holy name. 
God says he shall not come near, he shall not come into the city. Please, how is he going to do it? We don't know. He's already close to the gate. He's only sending messengers that look, surrender or I will destroy you. Nor shoot an arrow there. So if he's not coming into the city, God is saying to the extreme that he's not even have the ability, he's not going to be able to shoot any form of arrow. Nor come before it with shield, nor build a siege mound against it by the way that he came, by that same shall he return, and he shall not come into the city, says the Lord. So how many times do we see it's not coming into the city? It's not coming into the city. So we see God repeating itself, affirmative. What did I call that? Affirmative. It's not coming into the city. It's not shooting an arrow. It's not coming into the city. So that's au revoir, hasta la vista, comme It is settled forever, oh Lord. Your word is settled in heaven. It is settled. Once God has spoken, twice have I heard that all power belongs to God. So this is a warfare that the children of God knows categorically that hey, this passed my understanding and my ability and capability. I can't fight this. I can't fight this guy. So, he shall not come into this city, says the Lord, for I will defend this city to save it for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. Convenant. But that's for another day. In spiritual warfare, we can also be standing on the covenant. But like I said, that's for another. There are many, uh, 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 you know, in, in, in subject at times you see A, B, C, D. There are many A, B, C, D in spiritual warfare. But we're going to be getting there one after the other by the grace of God. We, I want us to be fully equipped and never be ignorant. Now, verse 36, then the angel of the Lord went out. Is he of his own accord? Or the angel is also responding to the word of the Lord? I wait for your answer. All you learned people that are listening, is this angel going out of his own accord? We don't know this angel now. The Bible didn't say it's a prince in heaven. Like Michael, the Bible never said that. We just see that then the angel of the Lord. So after the spoken word, the prophecy of God through the man of God, prophet Isaiah, speaking the mind of God, speaking the word of God to the nations of Israel and to the king, then the angel of the Lord went out and killed in the camp of the Assyrians 185,000 and when people arose early in the morning, they were all corpse, all dead. Au revoir. Hasta la vista. Common tapetu. So, at whose command? At whose command? Did we see the people, uh, Ezekiah and the priest and the rest saying, Father, we command angel. So this is why we need to get out of ignorance. This is why we need to get out of wishy-washy. This is why we need to get out of heresy and build on sound doctrine. At the command of God, we see the angel going out, doing exactly what has been asked to be done, what God asked that angel to get done. To go and slaughter all the soldiers. Because the angel can kill every one of them, including Senekeru. But that's not what happened. Because the life of that king was spared. When people arose early in the morning, there were the cops all dead. So Sennacherib, king of Assyria, departed and went away, returned home and remained at Nineveh. The same way it was spoken, that the same way he came, the same way he's going to go. So we see him returning home, defeated already. Because once you don't have a soldier, how do you want to fight? 185,000 soldiers died throughout the night. 
That's it. Finito. So, quickly, we're going to leave that. That's a, a precedent that we need to hold on to. So let's quickly, uh, where do we go now? Should we go to Acts chapter 12? Let's go to Acts chapter 12. Let's go to Acts chapter 12. I think that's where we were supposed to go last week till we call it a day. There are two places in the book of Acts that we will get to today by the grace of God. I hope you are getting this. And I pray that you and I, we will not miss it in the name of Jesus. I don't want us to just follow the crowd, but let us follow the principle of the word of God. Let us follow the legitimacy of the word of God. Now, Acts chapter 12 from the beginning, we can all see it on the screen. Now, about that time, Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some of the church. Then he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw that he pleased, he pleased the Jew, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now it was during the day of unleavened bread. So when he had arrested him, he put him in prison. Now, please, everybody, let's take note of this. So Peter has now been arrested. What did I say? Peter has been arrested. And don't forget that one disciple has been killed. So we did not see God stopping the arrest. We did not see God stopping the killing of the disciple that was killed or apostle that was killed. But the Bible says he pleased the people now he proceeded further. So, let's read. So, when he has arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squad of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after the Passover. Look at his intention. Uh, Senator, Merry Thursday to you and your household. Peter was therefore kept in prison. But, now, let's look at the but. Peter was what? Kept in prison. So we did not see Peter doing anything in the prison according to what the Bible is showing us. But he was kept in there. He, was, he wasn't the one praying. And don't forget, he was not the one praying. Hold on to that. He wasn't the one praying. So Peter was therefore kept in prison, just probably waiting for the days of Passover to finish. If Passover was meant to be three days, that three days would be over and the uh, Peter would be brought before the people and probably chop off his head and people will, yay, they will shout and sing and do whatever they need to do. So, Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. Now, let's go back to what Christ says or said about Peter. For me, I don't want to use the word said because I did not see it in past tense. I see it as a word that was spoken into the life of Peter that is going to continue day by day in the life of Peter. In a confession, Peter made a confession and Christ Jesus said, Upon this rock I will build my church. And the gate of hell shall not prevail. Now, the same person that made that confession is now in prison. But it is written or it has been spoken before we see it written that you that has confessed, you have a part to play in what I'm about to do. That the gate of hell will not prevail because of what revelation that you have revealed. I'm going to use you for a certain blah, 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 whatever. Now, this same guy has now been arrested to be killed. And it's not yet time. What did I say? It's not yet time. Because his assignment is yet to be fulfilled. So it's not yet time. Now, the Bible says, and when Herod was about to bring him out, don't forget that he was going to be killed tomorrow and prayer has now been offered. 
And the prayer is not just, Lord, send your angels. Why did I know this? When you go back to the first time the apostles and the disciples had to come together to pray, they were standing on the word of God. In Psalm 2, why do the hidden range and the people imagine a vain thing? They stood on that word and they began to proclaim it. And the Bible says God gave them more grace to preach the word of God. He gave them boldness to preach the word of God. So God did not kill anybody on their behalf. But they have more boldness, they have more grace, they have more power to declare the word of God. So I believe with all of my heart that when they started praying here, they dare not command the angel because it is not written anywhere that you should command the angels and they will answer to you. It is not written so, here they began to pray on behalf of Peter. Probably their prayer is, Lord, you have to rescue Peter because you said you would build your church and the gate of hell shall not prevail. Now, the authority is standing as the gate of hell. They have apprehended John and he's been killed. They have apprehended James and he's been killed. Now, they've apprehended Peter. Father, you know that you have commissioned Peter to fulfill a purpose. And they began to pray. Let's see what happened while they began to pray. Are you still there? People of God, talk to me. Are you still there? Let's see. And when Herod was about to bring him out that night. So in other words, let's say Herod is going to bring him out in the morning. So this night, what did God do? Let's see. We have 10 more seconds. Uh, yes, we have about 10 seconds to go. Oh, praise the Lord. And when Herod was about to bring him out that night, Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers. So there is no escape route for him. So Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers. And the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Now, behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him. At whose command did our angel appear in the prison? Peter sleeping. The Bible didn't say Peter was praying. The church was the one praying. The rest of the disciples or apostles were the ones that gathered somewhere and began to pray. And they weren't praying their emotion. They were standing on the word of God. So, let's see what happened. Now, behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison, and he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly. And his chain fell off his hand. Then the angel said to him, Guard yourself, and tie on your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, Put on your garment and follow me. So he went out and followed him and did not know that that what was done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. The, when they were past the first and the second guard, guard post, they came to the iron gate, lead to the city, which opened to them on his own accord. They went out and went down one street and immediately the angel departed from him. Now, when we look at this scene, the angel departed at a, a certain point. Why didn't the angel continue the journey? Because the assignment concerning that angel has been done at whose command? By the command of Elohim. The mission the assignment is getting through A, B, C, and that's it. And once you have done that, come back to headquarters. And this is why we need to have the understanding of the Word of God. Peter was rescued from the prison by the angel. Peter wasn't the one calling the angel. The Bible never recorded that it was the church that was praying in one room somewhere. They were the one calling the angel. 
Angels only move at the command of the Most High. Angels move at the command of the Word of God. Angels will only akin to the Word of the Most High. I hope I make that clear enough. Let's quickly go to 5.19. Act 5.19, I think. I'm not sure, but I think it's Act 5, verse 19. Act 5, verse 19. And I think we can call it today for today. Act 5, we are at down 19. And please, as you are coming in, I beg of you to just press the like button. It enables YouTube to share this in other countries because that's what we've been asked to do so that in many other countries, people can also see this. Bible says, how sweet are the feet of them that publish the gospel. Let's be a man and a woman that publish the gospel. We are looking at spiritual warfare and under spiritual warfare, we are looking at the roles of angels in spiritual warfare. And at the same time, a bit of our own role. But the main bit that we are looking at is the role of angel. And the conclusion is we are not in any position. We don't have the power. We don't have the command to begin to command angel. What we have been called to do is to stand on the word of God to proclaim the word of God, and the angel will answer only to the command of the word of God. So, are we getting something? Please talk to me if we are. The Bible says we will know the truth, and the truth will set us free. So, let's go. Uh, this is the apostles being in prison here because they preached the gospel. Not because they have done anything wrong. All they did wrong was preach the word of life, the gospel. So they put them in prison. Uh, let's just go to verse 19 because we have about 10 more seconds. Let's go to verse 19. It says, But at night an angel of the Lord opened the prison door. Now hear this, people of God. I beg of you to hear this. But at night, the angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, Go, stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. Now, please, let's analyze this. Let's say the angel, in the case of Peter, when the angel rescued Peter, we did not see that angel say uh, anything to Peter. Apart from after they passed the gate which lead to the city that opened on his own accord, the Bible says the angel disappeared. But here, they were in prison all because they preached the gospel. If you read from the beginning, you will see what I'm saying. Their sins were to stand and preach the word of life, the word of Christ, letting people know that that same Christ that was crucified is the one that we are expecting. So believe in him and all your sins will be forgiven. So that's their message. Now, they now put them in prison because the uh, Pharisees and the Sadducees see them as a threat. They need to quench their fire and discourage them so that they will not put the guilt of killing Jesus upon the Pharisees and the Sadducees. That's what they are doing here. So, the Bible now says, But at night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison door. Why will the angel open the prison door and bring them out and say to them, Go and stand in the temple, the same place where they have been arrested. Why will the angel of the Lord now say to them, Go and stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life? And when you look at that, you will see is uh, open. No, what's that thing that they do like this? Okay. That they start with this and finish with this. Quote and unquote. Thank you. That's English for you. So, you will see how the Bible quotes the word 
of the angel so that we will see the weight that that word carries. Go stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. Now, what happened? And the following verse, which is verse 21. And when they had that, they entered the temple early in the morning and taught. You see? You see how they were also obeying the word because that word is from headquarter. The word go and stand in the temple and begin to speak the word of life is from headquarter. Given to the angel to be given to the men of God. Now, if angels don't answer to God, if angels don't go at the command of God, why will the angel say this to them? Is the question I'm asking. Anybody has an answer? We're going to finish here in the next 10 seconds. If you have an answer, why will the angel tell them? Go back to the same place where you were arrested and start speaking. And the Bible says they had this. They entered the temple early in the morning and began to teach. When you go further, you will see that the Bible says, When the high priest and those within came and called the council together with all the elders of the children of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought, what happened? But when the officers came and did not find them in the prison, they returned and reported saying, Indeed, we found the prison shut. So when the prison was opened, the angel did walk back again. You see, this is one of the reasons why the Bible says it confused the wise. These are men of wisdom of that time. They are the learned. They are the creme de la creme of the law. But right now they have become foolish. Folly has taken over. We locked the prison, but the prison is still locked. And they said what? But when the officers came and did not find them in the prison, they returned and reported saying, Indeed, we found the prison shut securely and the guards standing outside before the door. But when we opened them, we found no one inside. Praise the Lord. Thank God for angel that they only akin to the word of the Lord. <laughs> it says, they, now when we... Now when the high priest, the captain and the temple and the chief priest had these things, they wondered what the outcome would be. So one came and told them, saying, Look, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple teaching the people. Who can do this at whose command? The prison door was not broken. Nothing was broken there. The prison door was opened with master key and the children of God was let out and then the prison door was closed back again, confusing those that presume themselves to be wise. Those that says they are sanctified but they are living in sanctimonious life. Never sanctification because they are enemy of God. So it is self-righteousness. Not the righteousness of Christ Jesus. And at the same time, they themselves were confused. They don't know what is going on. At whose command is this, people of God? At whose command? At whose command? We have seen some of the things that angels are capable of doing. The same way Mary was just sitting and the angel appeared. You know what? Let me quickly give us that scripture. Uh, where is that? Is it not the book of Luke? Let's quickly go to the book of Luke and we're going to be done in the next 10 seconds. So that you know that it's not just fight, 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 fight. <laughs> the book of Luke uh, 1, I think. Let's look at verse 19. It's not just about fight, fight, fight. I like what the angel says here. Let's start from Let's start from the Let's start from verse 10. Luke 1 from verse 10. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. So this is uh, Zechariah now going into the holies of holies to plead on behalf of the people and the rest. So 
So from verse 10, the people were praying outside in the hour of incense. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayers is heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb, and he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him the spirit of Elijah to turn the heart of the father to the children and disobedient and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepare for the Lord. Now, see what Zacharias is going to say here, verse 18. And Zacharias said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am old, and my wife is well advanced in year. Now, this is another place for drum roll now, people of God. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands where? Everybody. Where does he say he stands? Who stand? This is like I am the PA of God. I know when God sent me on an errand. I know where He sent me. I have never mistaken the identity and the address. That's the meaning. He says, Who stand in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you? And bring you this glad tidings. May this be your lot as a child of God in the name of Jesus. The angel confirmed that. Look, I stand before the Lord. I don't just take initiative myself. I can't do anything unless I am sent by the order of headquarter God himself. I stand in the presence of the Lord. I only live by the order of God, not any form of order, but by the order of God to come and speak to you and bring you this glad tiding. Have I convinced you enough, people of God? Please talk to me and we are done. Have I convinced you enough that in spiritual warfare, your role is to stand legitimately on the word of God? And God's role is to dispatch the angel how he wants, when he wants, and how, or whichever way. It is not your role, my role. Let's get this right. Let's follow the manual. This angel is saying, and don't forget, every angel does not come from our room, our kitchen our field, they always come from where? Headquarter. And this angel confirmed it. He says, and the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel, mentioning his name, who stand in the presence of God. So if you are standing in the presence of God, who will be the one to give you this order? Who will be the one to tell you what to say to Zacharias? Who will tell you go to Zacharias' house at this hour? It's going to be so-so-so place in the temple. Go in there. Who is going to know all of that? And that's why you see that this angel says with affirmative, with assurance, with boldness, I am Gabriel, who stand in the presence of God and was sent. And so who did the sending? Talk to me. Who? Who? Hello? Who did the sending? And I stand before the Lord. So his job is to stand. And whenever God wants any message to be carried out, who will now send? God the Father. At the word of the Lord, angels will run. So let's make it a lifestyle 
live by the word. Are we there yet? No. Can we get there? Yes. Every day we are being transformed. Every day we are being transformed. Every day we are being transformed. And I pray that none of us will fail in the name of Jesus. I am Gabriel. Mark this in your Bible. I am Gabriel who stand in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. I pray for this kind of encounter in your life, in my life, in the name of Jesus. As a child of God, I pray for this kind of encounter in the name of Jesus. You will see that this is beyond human understanding. This is the spiritual realm. And that's why we engage in spiritual warfare. And when we engage in spiritual warfare, in accordance with the rules of engagement, we will also get the result in the physical. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to say thank you for being a partaker. The Bible says, buy the truth and sell it not. And that is why we are looking into this. There are many, many more that we're going to be looking into. Please get yourself ready and let us clear our head of some of these wrong teachings and start running with the right doctrine. The Lord bless you, the Lord keep you, and cause his face to shine upon you. In the next 10 seconds, I want us to pray. Father, we stand upon your word. And we pray for an encounter, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We pray for that divine encounter like we see in the life of Zachariah. He wasn't even expecting this. According to Zacharias, the time frame of having a child is now past. But we see the presence of the Lord in the form of the angel bringing glad tidings. Many a times there are prayers we have prayed and we did not get the answer. Father, we pray, Lord, that as you have visited Zacharias in this manner, we pray for that divine visitation in the name of Jesus, not because of anything but for your name's sake, O God, and for the sake of the death of your Son on the cross of Calvary, so that we can have life and have it abundantly. This is our desire. We ask, Lord, that you purge us, Father, from every doctrine that is not right. And from this day, strengthen us to embrace the right and the authentic doctrine. And fill our cup anew, afresh, with your doctrine, Lord. And we are drinking from that new uh, wine, in that new wineskin, Lord, that your name be glorified. Lord, we thank you. We give you praise, glory, honor, and adoration. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.